and welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast, brought to you by Payne West Insurance. I'm your host, Jack Genoway. We have a really exciting guest on the show today. The president of the National Institute of Crime Prevention, Art Hushin, is in Billings teaching a class on crime prevention through environmental design, SEPTED, and very graciously agreed to sit down with us for an interview. Art, thank you so much for joining me today. Jack, thank you. So we've talked about this subject a couple of different times on the show before, but for Anybody who's not familiar with it, what is SEPTED? SEPTED Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design, it's an opportunity for people to work together, especially when we're talking about design, architecture, also ties into urban planning, to look at a site and take a different perspective for our safety and how we can build that into the environment. Uh, The best way I can describe SEPTED uh, would be behavior modification through design. And so, you know, people might have heard about nudges or they might have, you know, seen something about how, you know, they put the cereal on a certain level in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the type of thing that we're trying to take advantage of. Right. A lot of that you see through different business models. For example, how do I promote retail? How do I bring customers into my shop? How do I guide them to purchase product? SEPTED allows us to use those same strategies and apply it to example for a downtown quarter. Where do I want people to shop? Where do I want them to go to? So I can use little elements of design, placemaking, public art to maybe activate a section of the street that not too many people walk to, which sort of impacts the business owner. And because we don't have a lot of activity, that might be an opportunity for some type of uh, criminal activity. So if we can activate the space and bring shoppers into that quarter, for example, they take ownership and that's less opportunity for crime. So most of our listeners are business owners and they might understand, you know, how you can change a design to, you know, make the downtown more attractive, get more foot traffic into the door and the business benefit of all of that. But what is the connection to crime and public safety there? Because we look at where the businesses are located. We look at the amount of eyes coming in. We look at the maintenance part of it. We look at, for example, some of the uh, amenities you offer seating. You know, if there's no sense of ownership, no sense of someone's taking responsibility for that business, uh, you might have stuff out on the sidewalk. Again, that's not managed well. So it kind of lets people know no one's really taking responsibility. So if no one's taking responsibility, who's going to stop me? You know, if I want to grab a product, grab an item from here, if I just want to sit here for two or three hours, because nobody cares. When you have an active quarter, you have people taking responsibility for their storefronts, the space in front of them. That really sets a tone as far as, hey, this is our space. We take care of it. And if we see this type of behavior occurring, well, now we can easily identify it because it's not the norm and we can notify law enforcement. And you also have a lot of witnesses around This you know, creates a lot of a deterrent, just that alone for any sort of negative. Right. That ties into a lot of witness potential because the more people will go to a spot and that becomes their place to go to, they take responsibility. Let's say every Saturday, so we're going to go downtown, walk around and grab an ice cream. Uh, Those are the people you want to have there because they're really aware and they're like, no, 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 this is where we come. This is where we bring our families. Mm -hmm. That's not right. Let me notify the police. Good activity drives out bad, crowds it out. That's for example, we call it, refer to as positive activity generators compared to negative activity generators. The more positive I have, the less opportunity for that type of behavior. Where does all of this information, where do all of these principles come from in the first place? Firstly, we have to go back to 1971. This is where SEPTED actually started, or the first use of the phrase SEPTED. It was a criminologist who actually was looking at antisocial behavior. Um, His main emphasis was going to be incarceration in prisons, but he thought, well, why are people winding up here? So he began to look at the environments and realize, well, some of these environments kind of support that kind of behavior. So which in turn goes back to a prison population. So he felt that we can change the total environment of a site 
in a positive way, that might limit the opportunity for some type of that behavior. But 1971 was a starting point, and it really didn't start kicking in probably until the, the late 80s, early 90s, where Sawcept had really started to pick up speed again. And then, and, but still, I just heard about it for the first time in probably 2019. So still getting the message out there. Oh, exactly. It's been, it's been such a tough battle because we take a look at what's happening in Europe with SEPTED, uh, what's happening in the UK, what's happening in Asia. And they have a, a lot of very strong SEPTED community. And the sad thing is that it started in the US. And so I see the Europeans taking it, man, codifying it, for example, like it's a EU standard. And here in the US, it's left up to local jurisdictions to do that. You know, the, this thing about modifying the environment is really such a powerful thing. I just read a, a, about a study that they did back uh, at the end of the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of U.S. soldiers when they were in Vietnam were addicted to heroin. And right. everybody at that time thought that heroin was purely a biological addiction, that it was basically incurable. Mm -hmm. But 90% of them, when they returned home and they were in a different environment, dropped the heroin overnight. Right. We, yeah. we see that a lot, especially we get into housing, neighborhoods. And I do this as an example for class. I show this uh, daycare facility and surrounding the daycare facility is a 10 foot metal fence. And then you look at the kids behind it and I start asking the question, are they in a daycare or are they at the county jail? <laughs> and then when you're behind that all the time, it really does impact you. Yeah. So you are, I think it's probably safe to say that you are, you know, one of the foremost ambassadors for this set of principles in the world, perhaps. I'm sure you've taught thousands of people at this point. How did you get into doing this in the first place? Well, first of all, you're very kind for saying that. So thank you for that. Uh, believe it or not, I was actually asked or requested I want to take this class, this 16 hour course called SEPTED, which I hadn't really heard of. I, I've seen other, other types of crime prevention and community policing. And I thought, well, that's a nice way to spend two days. You know, I'll go there and take this course and really didn't have a lot of interest in it because I thought I, I know a lot about community policing or I thought I did. And I sat in the class and this person started talking about it. And he was one of the authors of one of the SEPTED books. And all of a sudden, this light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, why aren't we doing this? This just makes such common sense. You know, the, the site, how we maintain it, how we design it, that offers an opportunity either for positive interaction or negative. And once I saw that, that light bulb kind of turning on, it was like, I got to do this. And that was about 1993. And now I've just, from that point forward, it just hasn't stopped. So, and at, at that point, when you took the class, you were a police officer, correct? I was a beat officer or zone officer. We call that walking a beat foot patrol in the entertainment district for Tampa called Ybor City, which is a lot of uh, nightlife, a lot of things like that. We worked with the Ybor City Chamber of Commerce. And again, so we've had some input there. And when I started talking to them about SEPTED, they're like, well, how can we apply it here too? So now people want to know more about it. And then that's where it kicked off. Before we knew it, we had a full-time SEPTED unit within the department, working specifically with economic development, zoning, planning, city architects, parks. So one of the concerns that people might have about SEPTED is that it you know, might be approached by city leaders as sort of an alternative to traditional policing. But yeah, I think your experience shows that it's really more of a supplement to policing. It is. It really complements it. And also because we have limited police, you know, there's just not enough anymore. And the community wants tools. They want tools mm -hmm. that they can use now that they don't have to wait for. And SEPTED has been that tool that I see more and more communities using. And, and it's been very successful. And the, the numbers, the data that we have from Michigan State, University of Florida, tying up with USF now, uh, Virginia Tech, 
shows the septet does work. There's yeah. no doubt about it. You know, one of the things that we, so we go out and do site surveys and give recommendations to our local businesses, our members on how they can make their sites safer. And one of the things that we point out is, hey, if you leave your lights on after night, you know, the police drive by on mm -hmm. this street. And if you have your lights on, they can see inside and they can make sure that there's no suspicious activity going on in there. Right. And that's a perfect example, too, because and one thing we emphasize to the public, especially when we do some of the classes, is that if you leave those lights on, don't block your windows. Leave them open so the police can see. Uh, that makes a huge difference because people will tell us, well, we left our lights on. But, yeah, you got posters up everywhere. And so they can't see too far in. So right. it's a balance in learning, each of us learning each other's language. And that is what really helps promote SEPTED is because law enforcement learns the language of urban design, architects. Architects learn the language of law enforcement and security. And so we realize we're not that far apart. Ultimately, our goal is public safety and quality of life. And then we see the connection and let's do this together. What are some other tangible examples that people could just go home and implement right now? Right now, the, the easiest one is landscaping. And I know people start talking, well, what does that have to do with? Well, we follow something called the two foot, six foot rule. And that is to keep low ground cover, not exceed two feet, lower tree canopy, six foot and higher. That allows you to see who's by the house. That allows you to see who's by the business. If you're walking in the park, you're not obstructing the trail. Uh, again, if I'm in the downtown corridor, I'm, it's not blocking or creating areas of concealment for people to sleep. That is the quickest one. For the second one is looking at your lighting, just mm -hmm. kind of like you, what you mentioned. Lighting with shielding, because we believe in dark skies too. So again, we want to keep the light on the ground when we need it. That's a good way to do it. And pretty much just maintenance. We find out that maintenance... If you have a nice maintenance program, you take care of your property, uh, you add some color to it sometimes, you know, that really brings eyes to it in a positive way and some will say responsibility for the site. Yeah. And making sure that your lights are working the way that you think that they're yes, working. Yes, exactly. Making sure they all work. Replace above if you need to. Yes. Join the Billings Chamber of Commerce for the 2023 Chamber Open, brought to you by TDS Fiber. It's full of networking, par shots, and birdies rolling in the cup at the Briarwood Golf Course on Friday, June 23rd. There will be incredible hole prizes from the longest drive to the most shots it takes to get to the green. Teams are available with shotgun time starting at 7.30 a.m. or 2 p.m. Register your team of four for just $700 at BillingsChamber.com. Don't swing and miss out on networking and building relationships at the 2023 Chamber Open. One of the reasons that we hosted this class that you're teaching right now is to educate our city staff mm -hmm. on SEPTED. What are some things that the city of Billings can do to improve SEPTED or to improve public safety utilizing these principles? Yeah, walking through the downtown, I've seen a lot of that, uh, positive things that are happening. Uh, some areas that we still talk about is what we call alleyway activation. I know it's already being done here. Uh, we look, for example, like seating design for the public. So if I want you to sit out here, what kind of bench am I providing you? Am I providing you a long one where now I can really stretch out on it? Or do I want to provide you a spot just to sit, catch your breath, go on to the next side? Adding color, which I see a lot of that too, and nice decorative lighting, which I've seen here as well. Uh, maintenance, activating spaces. For example, if a building sits empty, we want to rent it. Mm -hmm. So this way, that's less opportunity for negative activity. And the more space we activate, the more eyes on the street, the more social interaction, the more people take ownership. I used a term the other day that some people kind of question, we call it self-policing, mm -hmm. which has been a big push up in the Northeast. SEPTED allows for self-policing, which means police don't have to be present. Business owners take responsibility for the block. They take responsibility for the corridor. And again, the need for the police isn't there where before, you know, hey, I take no responsibility for my site. Let the police deal with that. Uh, Billings on that direction of really that self-policing. 
you know, great examples as far as ownership, taking care of space. I see that friendly interaction just walking in the mornings, people coming out and saying hello and just greeting people on the side. It's just a huge difference and they're doing so many good things. Yeah. Yeah. Taking matters into your own hands sometimes has a negative connotation, yeah. but this is a way to do it in a very, very constructive way. Right. And we go into how do I treat other people? You know, I want to treat them humanely. I want to treat them with respect. You know, and this is where the public can do that as compared to law enforcement, because law enforcement is pretty taxed. You know, they're, they're pretty busy. And when you bring a police presence there with the uniform, you know, all of a sudden we get this negative feeling right away. Oh, the police are here. Oh, boy, here we go. And they're not really there for that. And in, in many cases, they don't deserve that. They're just coming up to provide support. But this allows them now, when we do call them, it's more on a positive interaction because we take care of our space. Now, oh, here's my friend, the officer that works the beat here, instead of, oh, here they come again. So again, it really changes it. And it just makes it a more positive space to go to. Yeah. One of the things that our community is really looking at right now is a potential bond issue for parks development. And we know from the National Institute or no, from the uh, National Police Services Survey that our citizens feel very unsafe in our parks mm -hmm. after dark. And of course, lighting would help a lot with that. What are some of the other things that we could do with some of our public properties to improve safety? Public property and safety. If I can give you an example, we did a series of workshops in Durham working with nothing but city park planners and designers. And we had them go out to do assessments of their parks. I always ask them to come back, how many issues could have been addressed with a good maintenance plan? Largest number I got was 85% of just taking care of the park. That would have solved a lot of problems. So for us, it's going to be line of sight. You know, as you're walking along the park, the trail, we'd like to look at 30 feet around you, so two foot, six foot. Uh, lighting plays an important part of that. Uh, place for people to sit, strategic locations, orientation of that seating to maximize surveillance outward. The big one I have is the comfort stations or public restrooms. Some are poorly maintained and designed. So we have a population that takes control of that. And now people are afraid to go there, removing graffiti, vandalism, mm -hmm. all those little things. Uh, once we see that, and again, going back to Durham, kind of working with Duke University at the time, made a huge difference. And people just felt more comfortable because they could see what was taking place around them. And then a police presence helps in the beginning as we start to set that standard. You know, this behavior is no longer mm -hmm. allowed here. We set up the rules directives. We post them accordingly. We show ownership by having decorative fencing, but all possible, nice playground equipment. And again, programming plays a huge part of that. Yeah. Again, just activating that space, generating that positive activity and crowding out that negative activity like we were talking about earlier. Oh, yes. That's the perfect way to do it. Then we add more components, for example, movies in the park. Uh, then we have nighttime events in the park. Then we have theater in the park. We have kids events in the parks. And, I'll, and you see where I'm going with this. We mm -hmm. just keep it busy so there's no opportunity for this abnormal activity to occur. So I want to address, you know, some of our listeners that might be feeling a little bit skeptical that this is really something that is is worth our time. This is something that's worth dedicating our our resources to. Mm -hmm. uh, give us a little bit of the evidence that this is something that can have a, an impact. Well, just looking at my city when we kicked out the SEPTED program, uh, first thing we started looking at is crime reduction, and we tied it in with a community policing initiative, and we had decrease in crime as much as 40, 45 percent. So, and for me, that's huge value. Seeing the research, uh, for example, in Michigan State, uh, using SEPTED for schools, kids feel more positive. They feel more engaged in the school. They're not too worried about safety because we designed it in such a way to encourage that positive social interaction. Parks, working with Texas A&M University, what we've done is we've gone to parks just with a maintenance program. And just by cleaning it up, we measure that increase in users of the park. 
And that number gets as high as 50, 60, 70%. Where before it was mainly a negative component, now we have more positive because people see the value in using the park. Education plays a part of it because I can bring teams out, for example, on a park cleanup, uh, which we've done, but we do no follow-up with uh, activating the space. Once we activate in the space, then again, we have the ownership. If we don't, it goes back to the way it was before. So we know just cleaning it up isn't going to do it. We've got to have other programs. Mm -hmm. And that is where we team up with our nonprofits. That's where we team up with the parks department. That's where we look at certain amenities to engage kids. And the numbers show us every time. We see that there. We're working with the University of South Florida on a few other initiatives. Uh, just gotten some research from other sites as far as convenience stores and the use of SEPTED where people feel safe, less criminal activity. Even the FBI did a study on that too, the effect of SEPTED. And they go, it really works. It really works. So we just want to see more people understanding. It's not policing. Please don't think it's policing and a strong <laughs> law enforcement presence and government coming in to heavy hand everything. No, it's just a way for people to, for example, start a business, use their park, feel safe to walk down their sidewalk in the evening with their kids. They can see the kids. Again, it all comes back to just good design and maintenance. Yeah. You reminded me of something else that I did want to ask about. Um, there are, you know, I've heard you talk about this before. There are plenty of major organizations that have adopted these principles and are putting oh. them into practice. So that that's a little bit of credibility towards this as well. <laughs> yeah, we see that a lot. And for example, uh, I can give you the corporations, Amazon, Google. We just did a workshop with Progressive Insurance at their campus. They're starting to utilize it as well. Uh, American Airlines has sent staff in, Starbucks, McDonald's. Chick-fil-A is a big supporter of SEPTED now. Uh, for their side. So that says something. That says yeah. something. And corporations see the value of that. And then we get into the nonprofits, you know, the List Foundation, different groups, public health. CDC supports a lot of the training for SEPTED because they want people to stay healthy. Get outside, use your park. But if you're afraid to, here's a way to make it safe. Let's use SEPTED as one of those strategies. Yeah. Even in the class that we have right now, there are security officers from a couple of major companies and uh, representatives from police departments from, a, you know, a, a lot of other neighboring states, not just Montana. Right. And I like that because now you've got a class with DHS, Homeland Security. Now we've got housing authority in the class. So it's funny when you mix it up to see how safety and security and quality of life all come together, because now our security professionals say, we, we never thought of that. We never thought of using artwork as a way to activate a space. Mm -hmm. And then we have, for example, people that aren't in security. We never thought of adding that, why a lock is so important. So it just creates this perfect partnership to come yeah. up with strategies for our site. Another question that a skeptic of this program might have is that, you know, especially here in Billings, uh, property taxes have gone up a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, voters and taxpayers are feeling a lot of pressure. You know, taxes have gone up quite a bit. We're trying to find ways to save money. Um, someone might say, this sounds expensive. You know, is this really is, you know, maybe it's effective, but is this worth my dollar? Oh, and many of the cases, it doesn't cost me a dollar. What does it cost to maintain a site? What does it cost for good design? What does it cost to standardize, for example, where I place my windows? What does it cost to switch from our lights that use a lot of energy to LED that uses way, way less? We can show the savings when you start looking at some of these. We can show the improvement in business when we do this. We can show the improvement of using a park and then tying into other city services and being part of the community. Uh, SEPTED is the most cost-effective, inexpensive way to deal with crime. You can find nothing less expensive than SEPTED. I was doing a session with um, the Parkland Committee after the shootings in Florida, the school shootings, and we're going back and forth, back and forth, and they're coming up with all these ideas that were just so expensive. And they tried to throw SEPTED, I don't want to say under the bus, but under the bus is one of the most expensive, or expensive program to add. 
And I was like, absolutely not. You cannot find a more cost-effective way in dealing with property issues and crime than using SEPTED. Everything shows us that. The numbers show us that as well. I'm not putting up hundreds of cameras. I'm just creating ownership. I'm creating ownership of a space, designing it, adding color and lighting, using public art as a strategy, engaging in social programs. What does that cost me? It really doesn't cost me anything. The cameras cost me a lot because I have no eyes on the street. So now I've got to be dependent on physical security. And that costs me a lot of money. If I can have people take ownership, that's a huge savings. A couple of the examples you gave there, they apply to uh, new properties that you're developing. How do you approach a, a property that's already developed, maybe an old building that was built like back in the 60s versus how you approach a new development? A couple of ways we look at it first. First thing we always like to do is add color to a site, you know, visually activate the space. Then I can maybe look at adding murals or marketing my brand on the wall just to enhance that. Then I look at maybe adding some kind of color material on the sidewalk in front of my building to show ownership. Then I can maybe clean the side of the building itself. I can look at additional soft lighting. Lighting doesn't have to be a lot of glare. You can add soft lighting, which invites people into the space. Uh, then I look at how I greet people coming into the space itself. Something as simple as, and let me come back just to alleyway activation in a business quarter. I see a lot of people saying, well, we've got to put cafes in the back. We've got to, no, we don't. We just need to keep it clean. And I give a lot of examples of alleyways that are poorly maintained and alleyways that are maintained. And those that are maintained, we find less antisocial behavior because now, hey, someone's taking responsibility for the site. Business is nothing more than just adding color and really highlight your space because this is your space. This is your kind of like your baby that you're trying to build. Make it pretty. Add some things to it. And what does that cost me as a business owner? Well, let me clean the windows. Let me, let me grab, use this paint and maybe add this to the front. Let me change out this bulb to an LED to soften up the entryway. Except it's not expensive. It can be if you want it to be, but when you work with practitioners like we have here, we have so many options to help turn that space around. Yeah, and we've found that, you know, we've done, I don't know, close to 60 site evaluations at this point. And every single time we do it, we find new creative ways to take this idea that one property owner had say, hey, this would help out another property owner. And you just kind of keep snowballing there and that's find creative solutions to a problem. Oh, yeah, that's the best way. Every Almost every class I do, I hear someone that comes up with this recommendation. I'm like, I never thought of that. Oh, my gosh. And that is so inexpensive to do. So we're always learning and we're always sharing that information with other SEPTED practitioners. I think that's why uh, in the U.S. we're really starting to see more of a grassroots approach to using SEPTED, mm -hmm. even though it's been around since 71. Unlike what we see in Europe, again, a lot of uh, uh, security professionals involved, we see more residential, mm -hmm. we see more small business owners say, this is my space. You know, I I'm going to do this to really bring people in and make it a little more inviting. So if anybody is interested in learning more uh, about this program or, you know, feels inspired to apply this to their, to their own lives, uh, how can they learn more? A lot to do. You know, I'm going to say take training from the National Institute of Crime Prevention. That's my first thing. But there's other providers too. And as long as you're engaged and involved, uh, you've got the NICP. I also want to recommend the U.S. SEPTED Association. We have the European Design of Crime Association. We have SEPTED uh, South America. This is the first time the United States has put together a SEPTED Association. So take a look at that if you want to get involved and network with other like-minded individuals who want to use SEPTED as a way to really bring a place around and turn it into something positive. Excellent. We'll put a link to both of those organizations in the show notes for this episode if anybody is interested in that. Is there anything that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? No, I mean, I was here a couple of years ago. 
And coming back now and walking through the downtown, amazing things you guys have done. You know, I feel so comfortable walking through the downtown. It just pulls me into the shops just to see what's going on and try all the good food that I see here too. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much to our guests for joining us today. And thank you very much to Payne West for sponsoring this podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. If you like what you hear, please rate us on your preferred platform or recommend us to a friend. Don't forget to subscribe to ChamberCast wherever you get your podcasts because there is something here for everyone.